0: And here we are. We're
1: back. We're back. Uh, thank you to Alex, who came out of his sick bed for a few minutes to set us up. Thank you. Thanks, go back Alex. to bed. We love you.
0: Um, COVID Charlie over
1: here. COVID Charlie. <laughs> he is probably, uh, we can probably unmask now. Yeah. He's gone. Let's I was just waiting for yeah, the air breeze. to
0: move through, Let's let just in case.
1: Just in case. He is on day 11, and he's probably not contagious anymore, but we've still been being careful just because who After. the fuck knows yeah and also because <laughs> he has been so sick that i've been like yeah, i don't need that i don't need any part of it yeah see, like
0: how could he be coughing and not be coughing germs
1: that's i know when he said that they gave him that sheet that said you're you know for 10 days you need to quarantine blah 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 i was like 10 days 10 days <laughs> no we're si- like we're doing
0: like with the uh, see in 2022 Victor- motherfucker with, with the Victorians <laughs> and you're going to bath
1: for six months my friend enjoy the spa <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's it's been. Uh, he tested positive eleven days, 11, ten days ago, but he had been sick for that. Luckily, and he was vaccinated. He fully vaccinated, hundred percent. You know what's wild is how many people when they I said that he was sick were texting me to be like, is he vaccinated? I'm like, you think I'm just like living <laughs> with some maniac? Like, well, you you've heard me be very public about people getting vaccinated, but
0: but not but not but, Alex. You no, know, Alex, he can make his own. He's choice. waiting. His body,
1: his choice. You know, like no, you live in my house. You're fully vaccinated uh so yeah he we did the dumb thing a couple weeks ago he hasn't seen his family in two years they were getting together for his grandma's birthday up in uh garden valley we were like well you know we'll go everybody else was just like packing in one house and all hanging out and we we're like we waited weighed all the options and in the end we were like let's go ahead and go and we'll just like get our own airbnb and we'll just go and only stay outside and we were by far the most careful people there and he still outside uh got covid so that's how virulent Vel- delta is i think people are kind of still people are in like the the first part of covid mi- mindset where they're like oh it's fine as long as we're outside and
0: it's everybody's good and, and like do you remember those couple of weeks where we're like vaxed motherfucker yeah. walking through f- fred meyer with no mask on
1: yeah just like <laughs> i i remember that first time i was like well i guess we're doing it cdc says it's fine like <laughs> taking off my mask like Wah! and it was like everybody was like hot girl summer and we had like 2 weeks which by the way as soon as that all started coming down i was like i don't trust it no i don't i'm not feeling like we're going to get to have this yet no feels like we're going to get punished for another year uh and here we are
0: Yeah, my suspicions were around the school around school because I was like, "There's no way everybody's gonna just go apeshit." Yeah, especially the people who aren't vaxxed are like, "This pandemic was never my problem, and it's sure not my problem now." Yeah, and so I was like, "Oh, I'll bet you money." By the time the kids go back to school, we're in a full.
1: I thought we would at least get the summer though. You know, I thought like by October. We would be like, all right, button her back up, Uh, which is why I planned shows out till the last one is September 19th. Because I thought we'll probably get into October. I was planning to tape my album like October 6th. And I thought we'll probably be safe till mid-October. But it's. Like mid August, it was starting to be like, oh fuck, oh fuck. A friend of mine uh, was having symptomatic, and she went in yesterday to go get tested, which is so remarkably hard to get tested here.
0: So, okay, why are you going tested, going to get tested instead of just going and getting a test, a home test?
1: Well, because the home tests aren't as accurate, and she is a server at a restaurant, and. Can't get the time away from work unless she has a positive test, and I think she wanted to get.
0: It was still because I noticed they were, test. they were giving them away at the library the other day.
1: That is what somebody told me. People are like, it's not hard to get tested. Go to the library.
0: And then I was up at a camp uh, in early July, and of course, camp. Um, the first night of camp, they were like, "Well, we have a kid who's sick," and they drove into like rural. Idaho town where there was a 24-hour Walgreens and they bought a test first of all I was like why did they not have tests at the already camp. at the camp yeah, yeah, like how yeah. do you You're not know like camp. why are you doing this in the middle of the night but I was like oh it's that easy yeah if you can get it in you know podunk idaho
1: well he was able to make an appointment st luke's pretty easy and went in i went and did urgent care and actually that kind of took i've
0: only seen like a long photos time. of the lines
1: yeah so she was in line it was around she got there at 8 a.m yesterday line was around the block and she was texting me from the line and i was like oh my gosh is that because there's so many sick people and she was like no i've been listening to everybody as this line wraps back and forth in this parking lot and she's like it's because everybody is here to get a negative COVID test to go to concerts this weekend with. She was like, I think I'm the only symptomatic. Jonas
0: Brothers. Yeah, she was
1: like, everybody's here for concert tickets. And it made me like, I was like, oh my God, we're so much more fucked than I realized. And that was after knowing that 62,000 people went to the fair for like just concerts, not even the rest of it. So I was like, oh, wow, okay. That on
0: the dirty bleachers. Yeah, yeah, So.
1: We're probably pretty hosed. I heard yesterday that the head of St. Luke's broke down crying in a phone mm-hmm. call with the press. And I mm-hmm. was like, and we're just still like, that's fine. I think I'll go to a concert. <laughs> Jonas Brothers. Jonas Brothers. <laughs> I don't know. The picture she was, the photo she was sending me of people in line did not seem like Jonas Brothers fans. Well, so there you could don't be. don't know that. I, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, honestly, I'm not even sure what the Jonas Brothers music sounds like. <laughs> Uh, I, t- You think since I have teenagers, I'd have some idea. But. Oh,
0: they don't like the Jonas Brothers. No. No. No, teenagers don't. It's I don't think so. older well, people not, now. Well, you have three teenage boys. Yeah. I think it's maybe teenage girls, but maybe like millennials, early or okay. late, m- late millennials. Yeah. I don't know. I don't actually know their sh- music either. All I know is one of them is married to that uh, Priyanka Chopra or whatever. Okay. Who is an actress that's like just stunningly beautiful and has great fashion and i
1: always, look at you speaking of great always, fashion can we talk about <laughs> great fashion look at you you showed oh. up to this yard man oh uh, you've got
0: uh, i am in a desperate desperate state I and mean, we've been talking about this for the two years of the pandemic just like what the heck are we doing with our clothes and now i i actually have some event work events coming up and i'm like what could i wear to that my jorts <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Like the word Jorts makes me laugh, but the idea of you showing up to something in Jorts, someday we're going to make a bet that you lose where you have to show up somewhere in Jorts with like a t-shirt tucked in and amazing. The, just the mental image of
0: that. Yeah. So I, I've just been having like a real problem figuring out what it is I could wear, where I could get that item. We did, uh, Dave went to get some school clothes for Bodie um last weekend and he was like traumatized by the experience of going to dillard's and like so you know everything is picked over there's problems with the supply chain also they have no staff anywhere yeah you know and yeah. so he was just like you know it was end of days at dillard's and <laughs> he was ill equipped
1: yeah. I, we usually do mostly thrift shopping, but it's so picked over and you, like, you know, everybody's buying stuff to sell online and stuff. And, um, so I was like, all right, we'll do, you know, we'll just go to old Navy cause the kids needed like new outfits. And I, it was kind of a nice actually, like for the first time, instead of like picking everything out, I just sort of set them loose and let them pick their own stuff. in Calvin's, Uh, back to school outfit was a purple and white and red Hawaiian shirt with white jeans and (laughs) rainbow Crocs. And I was like, my man, like it was just, and they all like, all like three of them picked these like phenomenally strange outfits that I was like, great, perfect off the clearance rack. Let's go. Like it was, it was okay.
0: Well, we had a, a, a actual horrifying moment when Bodhi showed up at our house on Thursday um, because, so at the beginning of summer, he came home wearing these Ariat squared off toe, like mid calf shit kicker boots. Okay. You know, these boots, it's like the boots that the guys wear and they're completely worn down with squared their two long toe. Wrangler jeans. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 okay. They're like yeah, 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 a yeah. work boot, but you just pull them on. Yeah. Got it. So... He comes home and it's like summer. It's like hot summer. And he's wearing these heavy boots. And we're like, what is this? And so apparently his mom had got them and they're his work boots. And we're like, okay, well, when you're working, (laughs) wear the boots. But he was feeling, you could tell, like very prideful about these boots. And I think they were like making him feel like a man. Yeah. Like they yeah. were a symbol to him of like adulthood or something. Yeah. And so he was it's what, really... It's what a young man does before he gets a truck.
1: You know, right. is he gets some square shit kicker boots. Right. In, and they, in
0: our state. Right. Shit kicker boots. And I guess his mom had told him that he looked like his older brother wearing those boots. And I'm like, yes, well, that makes sense because his brother, you know, works HVAC. And it's yeah. like, those are the boots you can wear doing HVAC. Yeah. yeah.
1: that my, my stepdad wears those boots. Those are... <laughs> plumbing for 45 years boots yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> right and so uh, a couple of times I had to tell him like go put your flip-flops on because you don't need to wear those with yeah. your swimsuit <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and I think finally he realized it and he just left the boots at his mom's and we continued summer with the fan, the vans so school starts Bodie goes a couple of weeks and then last Thursday he walks in the backyard from school and He's got on new black jeans and new black shit kicker area boots. Oh, yeah. All right. And I was like, oh, did you get some more new boots? And he's like, yeah. And he pulls up the pant leg and they have fucking Blue Lives Matter flags on them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, it ruined my entire week. I, we had to have a talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. He's a very naive person. He's also like a lot of teenagers really uh, striving for uh, an identity right now. Totally. Who is he? Who is he going to be? It's an easy way to fit in in Idaho. He, you, know? you know, he's seen that symbol on the stage you know on a sticker on the trucks of people that his stepdad knows. Mm-hmm. He lives in rural Canyon County. I was just like, "Oh no, I can't. I don't know I mean, I can't send him to Sage International <laughs> School. No. Where uh, you know, it's the most progressive uh liberal place in the entire state. And Man, ah. that is rough because at that age,
1: you know, I've always been so careful with my kids because they're looking part of being a teenager is you're always looking for ways to push back and rebel. And right. It's possible like he knew that with the reaction. He kind of vaguely knew. I don't think he knew the whole history right. behind that symbol. I think a lot of people don't like we got into an argument with uh, a family member recently who has uh, bike shorts with that on and she was wearing him in an Instagram video and I was like what the fuck are you doing wearing those and she was like what blah 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 and she didn't really know uh like kind of the broader history of that uh like what that symbol has meant in the past but also has come to me now currently and uh it was just I don't know I was kind of like I was so shocked that she didn't know but she doesn't like read the news or follow a whole lot of stuff so and and yeah, he knows very it's a young. rebellious
0: symbol he exactly. knows it means i'm a badass asshole yeah and that's what he's going for he exactly. doesn't know
1: boots with a he you know it was like a skull and crossbones exactly. or like the punisher symbol he doesn't understand like what the deeper meaning of that and he you know it's funny because at that age and his mom
0: it, bought him these boots which were probably well I, it's i'm still not clear on it because both of the pairs of boots that he came home with were too big not his size and a d width which he doesn't have <laughs> extra wide feet so i don't know yeah. if she just doesn't know honestly so what i think is maybe they actually were stepdad's boots yeah, yeah. and that he was like a hand-me-down yeah, but right. he said he picked them out he said she bought him new boots because his other ones were wearing out, and I was like, "Bodie, you didn't even wear them for this <laughs> and I was like, and also oh, that's the whole I was <laughs> like also the know? whole point of those fucking boots is yeah, that they look <laughs> yeah, right if they're if they're not decades old, like then they're not even what they're supposed to be at all." <laughs> Like that's oh, that's fuck. Like, oh, but we just had this whole, like, you know, it was just the topic of conversation in between Dave and I for days and days and days. Because I did, we do realize that about, you know, what it means to be 15 and male and living in two different households and, and... Well, we did tell him, well, don't wear those different. boots, don't wear those boots here, and don't wear them to the school. Yeah. And and then Dave said, and think long and hard about what we told you about this, mm-hmm. and then you could decide whether you want to wear them out at your other house. I but I, I don't agree. want him representing our family. <laughs> like I you know, it's it's a really tricky thing cuz I think about like, you know, what would have been something rebellious to wear. Uh, when we were growing up and I mean, yeah. uh, to me, it's equivalent to wearing a Nazi symbol, yeah. you know, and like you just that wouldn't have even been on the table. To- right. So they it's the same. It but do you? That's the other thing. I'm like, really? Because think- you've been arrested for a DUI three times yeah. <laughs> yeah. and you're like buddies with the police. Yeah,
1: it's, the buds, <laughs> you guys are pals. Yeah, it's like the I also have a cop brother-in-law who is uh, does not like being a cop and wishes he was a fireman. But he couldn't pass the test, so that's why, literally why he was a cop. He failed the physical fitness. test. But like, I'm like everybody's
0: brother. in law. And you're desecrating the flag, which you vehemently yeah. uh, endorse. He's always are con- Right
1: before the election, so like my neighbors imagine like they're like yeah what about Biden? <laughs> I'm always like, why are you with that? Because
0: I was sorry to go there. Yeah, this- me neither. I'm- and I was just like, oh, every fucking time you think, okay, we've got this. I'll be able to deal with it. You know, we've just yeah. gone through a lot of really harrowing times. Like, parenting is always a shit show. But it, it's just like, oh, yeah, of course I didn't expect you to show up in Blue Lives Matter boots. Oh, no. You know, we dealt with the with with we dealt with the boots. Okay, have the boots. Now they're Blue Lives Matter boots. Yeah. I was not expecting Yeah. Bodhi does the same thing. He shows up and he's absolutely like red in the face because he won't take his sweatshirt off, won't take his jeans off, won't take his heavy boots off. And it's like, dude, it's 96 and you just rode your, your skateboard home. you be fine. you be fine. <laughs>
1: it was really your little goth makeup just dripping down your cheeks
0: it's rough out there <laughs> yeah it's gruesome uh, can teendom talk is about gruesome about I, I have not about the thing. yes yes we can talk about it because and i've been thinking about it too um <laughs> well i have been going to the same therapist for probably seven or eight years and I have made a lot of progress with things like boundaries and uh, family issues and uh, self-worth and like everything like we really have run the gamut but um, the pandemic has proven to be a whole new thing because for me I'm very solutions oriented I'm very like okay what's my problem how do I tackle it how do I you know what are my like targets and goals and things like that and that's how I always live well when everything is an external problem um you can't that you cannot solve then um well you're just like existential crisis so that's where I've been and it's gotten worse and worse and worse and i have not been able to rely on my normal coping me- mechanisms like i've just been flat out full on <laughs> depressed and it's gotten worse and i'm like now we're look- we're heading into the fall winter i know what it looks like i think last year we didn't know what it looked like yeah. and even though there's still, still so many unknowns we're like i'm reading what's i'm reading the writing on the wall now and it's not good last we were like right subs- And we're going to be fully trapped and, um, it's cold here and it's bleak. And, and so I'm just like really intimidated by it. Cause I thought last year I was like, well, we'll just see, we'll figure it out. We'll do what we can. (laughs) You know, we were scrambling with the kids, taking them out of school and put them back in school. And, and so, um, now I'm just depressed. So the last few conversations I've had with my therapist He's been like, I think you really need to consider medication. And he's like, you're clinically depressed. And I'm not anti-medication. I believe in medication. And I believe in medication for mental health. But I don't think that's where I am. Like, I'm depressed because of all these external factors, not because I'm unable to like like i don't know i feel like it's different it's not internal it's very external right and that's what i said to him i was like last time we went down this ro- this road it was a horror show for me because I, uh, I i i can't get the medication from him i have to go to somebody you know a psychologist or whatever it is and i tried like 12 different medications and i had horrible horrible side effects from everything nothing ever worked it was like Eight months of like night terrors and, um, you know, feeling like dull and muddy. And uh, anyway, I was like, <laughs> I broke this mic so
1: bad. Alex is watching. this. fine.
0: I'm, I'm uh. So the, the medication thing didn't work for me in the past. And I'm like, I'm just not up for it right now. And also, like, just numbing me. Um, isn't going to make Afghanistan better, or, you know, Texas or Florida, or like, like I'm depressed for, because it's terrible out there and we're going back into a pandemic winter. So that pissed him off because I think he's like, I don't have anything else to offer you at this point. We've been doing talk therapy for so long and now you're worse than you ever were. And like, I have nothing for you. And I kind of scoffed at him, um, just like, I'm not doing it. So quit suggesting it. And then, like, weirdly at the end, he's like, I think, he's like, do you think about death? And I was like, well, I'm not, like, thinking about death all the time. I was like, I think about death as a concept. And he's like, I think maybe you really need to figure out what really matters and what really counts and maybe you need to think about death more. And I was like, this has nothing to do with anything. Like, how is that going to make me feel better? I, that we're you, well, I mean. <laughs> so then he's like, there's this app. You should download this app. I forget what it's called because it had a really <laughs> stupid <laughs> name. Because it's so funny that at the end of. You think about death a lot. Like, that's such a weird in at the end of your session I don't know what he meant by it I think he was just kind of scrambling and I'm not sure exactly what the idea was but I think it was just like you need to think more globally instead of no that wouldn't make any sense either because I feel like part of the problem is I'm thinking globally right so maybe I need to think more personally more, uh Maybe
1: he thinks like your um, your issue is that you're dealing with like not dealing with your mortality in general. Like he's like, these are long term problems, but like, don't worry, you'll be dead soon. He's trying to give you a little pep talk.
0: And I was like, well, I know I'm going to die. I know I don't like live forever or whatever, but you know, like I'm not obsessed with death. I'm not thinking about death. Anyway, so what it comes down to is he tells me that I should download this app that sends me quotes about death five or six times a day and i just laughed i just was like what are you talking about like you're i'm just gonna like look down at my phone and there's gonna be some morbid quote about death so that that what what's that do for me during the day you know i'm at work look at my phone death quote great (laughs)
1: live once there's nothingness after this
0: and and i was like and he was really mad that i was laughing because he didn't think it was funny (laughs) it was like a like a real suggestion and i was like wait do you have some kind of a is this like something you're selling i was like do you do you get kickbacks from this death quote app? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, we're all, we've all got side gigs during the pandemic. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's this like, is yours. Hey, have you tried my death app? <laughs> Maybe that's what you're missing. I mean. It's <laughs> like, what's the code that I need to input when I download it so that you get credit? And he's like, okay, well, let's, uh, let's look at a couple of weeks then. And I was like, what? And he's like. Uh, I'm just really frustrated with how this conversation is going. And so I'm just going to wrap it up and we can talk in a couple of weeks. So he basically- and I was like, because you don't want me to download your death app? Yeah. So basically
1: he was like, what you told me yesterday, you were like, so my therapist just ended our session a little early and needs a couple weeks to process his own anger with me not wanting to download his death app.
0: And... Yeah. Yeah. So um I was I felt bad about it because I he knows me really well and I know him fairly well and he's never done that and I've gone to a therapist my entire life never had them so frustrated with me and I was like wow this is this is unprecedented whole new time.
1: And like obviously we get that like mental health professionals are under unprecedented pressure and they're 100%. having a terrible time and probably this is very very much less to do about your um, app refusal and more to do with like his own helplessness. Like he's probably counseling a ton of people who are like, I'm so depressed. And he's like, yeah, we're going to be on fire in (laughs) 10 years. Therapy doesn't matter anymore. If you didn't deal with your childhood
0: trauma already, it's too late. (laughs) Yeah. And I totally get it. And also like the things that we have talked about over the last 18 months have been around and around and around and around. And I, I, uh, his experience with me previously has been solutions based, tools based, Mm -hmm. can't get there right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's frustrated. I'm frustrated. I was like rabidly angry all weekend because I'm depressed and I'm mad. And then there's like on top of it, blue lives matter boots and all that kind of shit. Yeah. And so I was just like, yes, I am unhelpable right now. I cannot help myself and other people cannot help me. Yeah. And
1: you're like, you, I just need to sit still and listen for an hour. Because like maybe right
0: now I can't get a solution. And so maybe I just need somebody to vent to like, I don't like being the venter. And but maybe I just really needed somebody to just like sit there on the other end of the line and just be like, yeah, that sucks.
1: Yeah, and a lot of times I feel like what you need some is to hear things out loud. Yeah. Like for me, I feel like a big part of letting go of anger and resentment and frustration and even helplessness can be saying those things out loud sure. to another person. And a therapist is supposed to be a good place for that because like you, you, you know, we were talking about your friend earlier that you offered a problem to and she immediately showed up at your house with a solution and you were like, did not ask for that. <laughs> You know, and I think that friends yeah. and family often will do that when you have a problem because they love you and they want to help you. And you're like, no, I just kind of needed to, like, put that out of my body. I just needed to breathe it into the universe and let go of it.
0: Fire, breathe it into And the that's universe. what a therapist is supposed to be for. But
1: he was like, <laughs> just fucking get a nap. Shut the fuck yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Like, it was almost there. Like, yeah. the tension in his voice. Yeah. And then I'm laughing at the tension in his voice because I am finding it, like, so absurd, the mm-hmm. interaction. I'm like, wait, what? This is happening? I did not app? expect that. A death app? <laughs> and also him being mad at me. Yeah. Was like wow, he's never been mad at me. He's been like excruciatingly patient with me. It'll be
1: interesting to see if he apologizes because I feel like from my own experience with therapy, um, like it's okay for a therapist to be a person. It's totally fine for them to be a human being with emotions and their own issues at the end of the day. And if he can come to you and be like, I lost my cool with you. Uh, I have felt frustrated in our sessions because I don't feel like I'm like furthering your mental health and I'm or I'm feeling helpless in my own practice or will
0: he expect me to apologize yeah
1: exactly or will he or will he be uh cold cold and passive aggressive and like well how'd it go
0: not downloading that app (laughs) Hmm? or you know like it's actually kind of perfect because it's one of those relationships where I don't feel like I mean I'm just not worried about it. I'm yeah. like, well, whatever happens happens. I don't have anything on the line with this. This isn't a boyfriend. This isn't, you know, a sister. This is just like, well, this person. Yeah. You know. So, I guess like however it pans out, like uh, that's fine. That's yeah. okay. Maybe 7, 8 years is 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 as long as you can go or should go.
1: Maybe it is because I have been seeing the same I had been seeing the same therapist since uh, 2012 and, um, you know, did a lot of great work with him, Uh, some ups and downs certainly, like he got a formal letter from my treatment facility telling him he was doing EMDR wrong and dangerously, which he did apologize for and we moved past that and, um, you know, and we had... We ha- I, he really did help me in a number of ways and helped me work through a ton of childhood trauma. I asked once if I was his most difficult case and he was like, I don't really quantify it in, in levels of difficulty, but certainly yours is the case I end up um, calling mentors about the most. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> so yes, yeah. And you know, like it's it was definitely, he was like an enormous amount of help, but about a year ago when I stopped going, It was because the last few times we I had been, I was talking to him about stuff that was sort of very specifically uh, what I would call like the feminine experience of moving through the world. I was talking to him about like, um, you know, uh, a miscarriage. And I was talking to him about um, being constantly sexually harassed and feeling, and you know, sexually objectified and talking to him about sex and like my sort of changing feelings and attitudes about sex and the advice he kept giving me or even not not even advice just the way he kept approaching me was so distinctly male that one day I was just like at the end of the day as much as I value how much help he's been and how like empathetic he's been and what a like lovely I believe he's a lovely person and and a lovely man I was like you are still sexist like at the end of the day you have your own misogyny to work through that I have hit a point in my therapy where like I can't work with you anymore because like his misogyny you know and I'm not saying he's like a terribly sexist man he just has like decent dude misogyny you know where I would say something and he would be like you know, I don't. I can't even think of a good example, honestly. It just it really had hit a point where like his views and attitudes about women's sexuality and about like, you know, women like the way women should and could move through the world. I just was like, you just, Well,
0: he just can't relate yeah. as sympathetic yeah. as he can't as he wants to be. He can't empathize.
1: He can't understand it. He just cannot ever know. Yeah. And I just got so tired of it like there was just like one conversation that we were having about you know kind of like sexual trauma and and I just was like this guy can never know how like how even like good sexual experiences with straight men can be still pretty traumatizing you know like how the bar is so low for sexual uh for the way we treat sex between a straight couple that he just doesn't know (laughs) That like not getting assaulted is not the same as like, I don't know, feeling completely safe and comfortable. And there was just so many things like that where I felt like I was having to explain to him or, and almost having him sometimes like be a little like poo-pooey towards it, like being a little like, well, I mean, I don't think it's that difficult for me. And I'm like, no, this isn't my experience. This is like the collective female experience that this is a very hard thing. And Um, And that was just kind of it. And I haven't seen him in a year. Because like you said, uh, did I replace that? Did I replace going to therapy with extra meditation, with yoga, uh, with, you know, some sort of self care? No, I didn't. (laughs) No, I did not. And in fact, I have dropped all of those other things as well. Because like you said, like, as the external pressures of the last year have started to build up, I have started to feel more and more resentful of the idea that I'm supposed to somehow feel better through acts of self-care about things that are like systemic, you know? That are like, we're in late stage capitalism. Uh, I'm basically a surf, you know? Mm-hmm. Like we're serfs, and we're just supposed to be like, well, you probably feel crappy because you didn't take a bath and light some candles. Right, like,
0: well, like, the early on in our conversation, he's like, have you ever done anything like make a gratitude list? Oh, Jesus. And Christ. I was like, you know what? This whole, like, which I feel like was our generation of young women growing up watching Oprah. And here it's all supposed to be about self-care. But you can only do so much of that stuff and realize that... You don't feel better. I, Things yeah. aren't better. No, they're like, not. Like, I worked out for eight years, uh, religiously, um, uh, four days a week, just like I was supposed to. Did I, for one minute, feel better? Did I feel less self conscious about my body? Did I feel, uh, less, um, anything that 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 it's supposed to solve for me I it was not a solution it was like I wouldn't worked out and I yeah exactly and I I feel I mean my calves looked better but did I think my calves looked better according to whom
1: you know according (laughs) to whom they look better and also like I feel like I've sort of had this realization too that uh a lot of that stuff like yes I feel better if I go for a walk yes I feel you know physically emotionally spiritually yes I feel better when I meditate like there are things in my self-care toolkit that I do feel better when I do but at the same time I feel like a lot of the stuff we were like really heavily influenced for do for to do and like kind of shamed to not do is what I call like white woman navel gazing where like so much of that shit I've come to realize is like like we were taught at, to just always be like, "What am I? What do I need to be doing to myself to then make the world better?" And I've started to just think like, "What an enormous waste of time!" Because so much of it is based on making yourself physically more presentable mm-hmm. um, and more attractive to men, and so much of it is based on like, "Yeah, I think you should go to therapy and you should deal with your childhood trauma, and I think you should take a bath when you're feeling stressed out." But a lot of that is like. Built around this idea that, like, you will feel better about how shitty uh, our society is if you just take care of yourself, which is such individualistic, like,
0: Right, like, and how much of it is just, like, you know, raising your pinky while you're drinking from the teacup because, you know, it's the rules of court. Mm -hmm. How much of it is just the rules of court? And you're so busy trying to keep track of the rules of court that you're not paying attention to abortion laws yeah yes you know like um to how much of the
1: rising and festering boil that is right-wing politics in this country becoming more and more violent and more and more prevalent and blue lives matter shit on little kids boots you know like uh because we've been so like because we were like sort of groomed to be so hyper focused on that and to be like well the problem is you sweetie Mm -hmm. you know I, I feel like and you're just
0: not coping and have you considered
1: Like I don't want to I don't want to feel better. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, um by the way, part of the southern United States is going to be uninhabitable in 10 years, but have you tried a facial?" It's like I I feel like I was talking to somebody recently who was saying she was feeling really bad for not being more creative right now and she was talking about how she needs to meditate more and I was like, "I don't feel creative right now because I'm Feel this like pointlessness to creating art like I'm still writing jokes I'm still like that same I have I feel like I have one thing I can do and that's um kind of lessen people's load and make people happy and uh but like a lot of the other stuff I was doing before poetry and all these other things and a lot of my writing and stuff I just have felt so pointless like people have been asking for more writing on the Patreon and I've just been like I I feel I feel pointless right now. You know, I feel like, uh, not, not like what I have to share is pointless because I think people's stories are always interesting and, you know, people always want to share and connect and blah, blah, blah. But more just like if we, if we are going to do this, it feels like, I don't know. Is it dumb to be like, I'm just listening right now. I'm tired (laughs) of talking even though I'm on a podcast right now and talking but <laughs> I don't know I don't know but I I, I I haven't gone to therapy and I haven't done like all
0: that well, part s- of my intimidation about not going to the same therapist is that I then had to do all that work with somebody else just to get them up to speed oh my god yeah and I'm like oh my god I can't talk about my youth and my parents and yeah. my 700 horrible boyfriends oh my god like yeah. could we just say we're starting from here but of course all of that informs who you are now and like why you're processing your problems the way you i don't are. even and I'm know. Like, i don't even know what i would say That's just exhausting to but i think i might be like you just like okay well maybe this is another thing that i'm just gonna give up.
1: It also I wonder if some of it is kind of getting older because my mom and I were talking, I don't know, this was like 3 years ago and you know, that was right when I was like deep in my work and I was like doing, you know, doing all these doing like 312 step groups and like just working so hard and like right in the you know, right in it. And I remember talking to her about it and she was like, "Yeah, I did a lot of that in my 30s and now I'm just like fine." You know, which is not true,
0: but
1: (laughs) (laughs) arguably, you know, like the other day when I told her that I thought she had anxiety, she was shocked by that revelation. (laughs) So some work to do still. But she was like, I think as you get older, you just kind of get like you stop thinking about that stuff so much. And I do feel like that's true. I think part of the reason I haven't, I, I do feel much more peaceful, even though things are shit, much more peaceful and um whole and okay than I ever did in my 30s or 20s now currently but I also kind of find myself a lot more boring you know like I don't like before I was like digging into trauma and like going through everything and now I'm kind of like I did I did that I don't need to like rehash all that stuff I don't even really think about it a whole lot which is a nice place to get to and maybe that's because the therapy works at some point and you're like I'm good I don't need to keep you know Playing with those marbles forever. You kind of just eventually put them on the shelf and go like, Those are mine.
0: Yeah. So I mean I feel like I've worked through all of the baggage, but now the problem is the 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 present. Yeah. Um that's weighing so heavily. But so I had that conversation and I texted you immediately after, <laughs> just like, oh my gosh, my therapist just totally hung up on me. And then uh, I had to go to the post office, which if you don't go to this post office over here on Five Miles. Oh my God. I knew exactly. <laughs> I actually knew exactly what woman you were talking
1: about because she's been lovely to
0: me. Well, this is the second positive experience I've had there in as many weeks And they were a different woman. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I walk into the post office. I have to send a package. Uh, Usually, you know, you have to like queue in this long line and it wraps around. And I walk in and she's like, I can help you over here. And she was in the first window and I was like, great. And she said, you look so nice today. And which I think was a really interesting compliment because she didn't just say, you look so nice. She said, you look so nice today. As if she had information about how I had looked previously. Yeah. Which she didn't. Like <laughs> The last few times you've come in
1: here, I was worried. But today, got a plane. Yay. <laughs> Always so quiet out here.
0: Um, she said, you look so nice today. And I said, thank you. And she said, I really like your dress. And I said, thank you. And then um, she was typing in you know this the information from my package and whatever and she said you have really nice handwriting and i was like thank you which i do have really nice handwriting thank gorgeous. you for, you're noticing post office lady and then i told her oh you know they ask you the question about like what's in the box is it batteries or you know battery acid or something like yeah. that and i was like no i was like it's actually a barrel of monkeys for my five-year-old nephew and she pulled out a sheet of stickers oh. that had little superhero kids on them oh. and she put stickers all over the box i love it and i was like what is this magical woman yep. at the post office i felt lighter than air when i left there like i had been so down and then she just gave me three really specific compliments Yeah, and then made me also look good because FYI, my package did not, my package was leaving on the day of his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> it was totally belated and she made me look so good. And then I was just like, huh, maybe that's what's missing. Yeah. It's just like some general kindness. You don't need
1: therapy (laughs) you need to mail a package (laughs) once a week (laughs) that's what it sounds like to me yeah i
0: i mean it really did i was absolutely glowing with how good it made me feel she was just so pleasant and like she you know like they always say like well, you really need somebody to just really see you and notice you and i was like she just saw me right there Mm -hmm. you know she she saw
1: you she saw that you dress cute you have great handwriting you love your nephew and you're a great aunt but we could bump that up a little right you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'll need a little nudge yeah, there yeah,
1: yeah I could do that for you I, I got love that and stairs. maybe maybe that's like what what we do you know like whether it's an age thing or this what, what we do in time right now is like you know I'm if if like I'm done with like navel gazing and and like examining myself and self-caring myself uh maybe that's instead what i'm going to start doing is i'm just going to start passing that along to other women i'm going to start um self-caring other women and uh like if i can't feel good maybe i can throw three compliments at somebody and make their day instead because uh because that story even just you telling it makes me feel better it just is like that's right. Every time I felt like crap after an interaction with a man, a woman immediately <laughs> scrapes me off the floor, you know, just immediately every time. So I just love that. I just love that so much. And, um, she, it's funny cause the last time I went in there, I was mailing like, I don't know, 20 packages of honey. And, um, we were like chatting and stuff and, uh, she did the same thing. She's like, do you have a small business? And then she gave me all this advice. And she like set me up with like a business account and like helped me with all this stuff and was so amazing, spent so much time with me and was just like lovely. And the whole time just kept like, I yeah, like you said, just kind of like feeding me little things that made me go like, oh my gosh, thank you. You know, <laughs> so I don't, I, that's, that's who I want to be for other women is I want to be the lady at the mail, the mail office, the mail post office, the post office, the mail office. Op- yeah.
0: The Yeah Yeah. I I, I 100% agree I I, uh, part of my problem Is that I don't have the emotional reservoir Which we've talked about My emotional reservoir is um, A dusty dusty desert So I think I have a hard time Like just even With basic kindness Right now I mean I've been just really crabby And it's really hard to be like Look at your cute dress when I'm just like Fuck my life Yeah (laughs) yeah
1: but i I totally get that i had been i had been feeling that too and i've had a couple of um situations come up in the last you know like it's been such a hard two weeks over here like alex is sleeping he's quarantined upstairs i'm sleeping down in the playroom like on a mat on the floor and the kids are basically like in my bedroom all day like coming in and talking to me and and uh also i'm just like not sleeping well and i'm making Mm -hmm. you know i have i like have to like bring him stuff and take care of him which is just an extra layer of things that I don't mind but it's like tiring to always be like you know and he he feels terrible but he's calling me like will you bring me some more water will you bring me you know and it's like kind of constant and I felt kind of the same way and um I've I've realized the other day that I've gotten really good at being protective of that space of like because I have you know a lot of a lot of people in my life who kind of like need something from Mm -hmm. me and I've really gotten pretty good at like really only giving that when I'm in a giving mood and when I'm not just being like sounds hard love you bye you know like as much as possible like still being there and stuff but like uh, I had a friend who's going through a pretty uh, she it's it's one of those where you're like just break up with them so break up with them break up with them break up with them but you've had that conversation with them like 470 times and like what needs to happen is they need to just break up with him
0: so i actually have been having that conversation with a friend for four years jesus and she broke up with him <laughs> oh she did so it can happen i'm yeah, not helpless. yeah it happened and i was so proud of her but then i was like but then she's like i really need all this support as a single person now and i was like oh but i didn't mean like i'll be your boyfriend You're like <laughs> oh but actually maybe he's not that bad <laughs> no yeah uh, no but i was so glad because i yeah. was like really lobbying for it i mean Okay, it's also none of my business, and also sure. you never know the inside of a relationship. You only know the outside, and usually only from one person. I'm not as I'm not as diplomatic as all but, that. If you come to well, me, well, I wasn't yeah. because I was like, "Here's how I see it. This is what I see, and I think what I did see was pretty accurate." Yeah, and in the end, I think not based on anything I said, but just from her own review, yeah, was like,
1: okay. It's funny because that, that situation is always interesting because like this person has been coming to me for a while with these concerns and I, from the very beginning, have been like, I'm, I'm a dump, I'm a dump his ass, you know, like yeah. I'm in a meeting you're like dump his ass, just get out of there. Uh, but she, she'll, she does the thing where she vacillates in between coming and telling me something fairly like, oh my God, that really sucks. And then the next time I talk to her being like, trying to play him up and being like what a great guy he is. And I'm like. I don't really give a shit either way. I don't even really have a personal opinion on this dude. I don't care. But like, can we just like, you don't have to come back every time and be like, he's actually great.
0: I was that, wrong. That is my mom. That is your mom. That's oh my, my God. mom with my dad. She badmouths him so bad. She like just is infuriated with him all the time. But then she'll say like, well, you know, things have been better with your dad. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm glad you've negotiated right. that in your mind. <laughs> yeah, it's such an awkward
1: because I don't ever hold back. I always just talk as much shit as I'm gonna talk, and then the next time she's like, "Oh my god, he did the sweetest thing," which is never the sweetest thing, right. by the way. It's always like the bare minimum, saddest thing that she thinks is sweet, and then I'm like,
0: "Oh, okay." He came well, over he's... and he let me cook him dinner. Yes, and... <laughs> exactly, exactly. He put his plate in the dishwasher. Oh my, he's
1: doing so. What a great. prince. <laughs> I just can't imagine, she's a little, She's around the same age as me, as us, and I just can't imagine taking on a fixer-upper at this stage in our life. She's always like, he's made a lot of progress. I'm like, I have no interest in, uh, you know, build a bear
0: relationship. <laughs> right. Or like, you know, Dave's broken in a lot of ways, and I'm like, this is fine. It squeaks. But... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But it still
1: rocks. Absolutely. Yes. That's, that's exactly like, it's not that I think Alex is perfect and has no flaws. It's that I'm like, these are fine. These are livable. Livable. It's great. Yeah. And it's not like I'm perfect either. So i am never like, Oh, this, but it's not, I don't know. It's just such a funny, but like, if I really was with somebody that I'm like, you don't like, you don't have basic listening skills. Like, uh, I was, re- I was actually reading this thing the other day that was talking about how even decent men, even good men, a lot of times don't realize how defensive they are when being criticized by a woman. And uh, this was talking about specifically in a relationship, uh, how men have a tendency to get more and more controlling over time. And
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> really, you have no way. You've never heard that. Did- I let me fill you in. I've only dated men that were so controlling from the get-go. Yeah. You know, same. like, I was like, they would have gotten worse. I actually, when I was reading that, I was like,
1: or do we just notice it over time? Because I feel like every relationship I've had before was very controlling. I've from also the heard that men mellow. Yeah.
0: I, 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 I mean, like, what window are we talking about yeah, here? What, what <laughs> ages?
1: 65? They start to maybe yeah but I just was like yeah that is something I have experienced in relationships not just romantic with men where like when you go to criticize them you have to like you know pay two compliments first then to criticize and then quickly 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 say something nice and then kind of talking to baby boys yeah like (laughs) you heard my voice immediately go up to another register that's more acceptable for criticisms (laughs) And, uh, or like we talked
0: about is have the dog say it. Yeah. Yeah. Have the
1: dog say it. Exactly. I don't
0: know why nobody puts the toilet seat down. It's, it's, oh
1: man. And I was like, God, I have experienced that so often where you just try to be like, Hey, like we have talked about it before, but I'm going to bring it up because it literally came, came to my head yesterday and it re-pissed me off that my partner previous to this, when, people would always tell me he wears too much cologne. He wears way too much cologne. And I one time very gently was like, he came downstairs and he, or came upstairs and he had spritzed himself like he always does. And I was like, hey, um, you're, I think you're maybe wearing a little bit too much cologne. Which by
0: the way, Too much cologne is just cologne.
1: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I've been explaining this to Arthur because he wants to start wearing cologne. And I've been like, the thing that men don't understand about cologne is that our senses of smell are so much better than yours that no matter how much cologne you think you're wearing, it's too much cologne. It's too much. If you can smell
0: it, it's way too much. Like put a tiny little bit, like less than just like a tiny milliliter of it on your jacket and then leave your jacket in the car yeah for two weeks weeks. okay (laughs) Okay, two two weeks six weeks two to six between two to six weeks (laughs) and then put it on the trampoline and hose it off yeah and then that will be yeah the right amount (laughs)
1: spray it in front of you leave the house sell that house the next man who buys it walks through the cologne (laughs) that's how much cologne you're supposed to wear (laughs) that's the amount that is correct (laughs) it's so and I also like they're very I think there's maybe no colognes I've ever liked the smell of uh I've never been like oh that's nice like Alex wears this lovely pine scented deodorant which kind of smells like him anyway a little bit Mm because he's all foresty smelling and that I like but like if he's never worn cologne and but I told him I said uh, to this ex I was like so I think maybe just you know not always but sometimes and definitely today you're wearing a little bit too much cologne and he was like no I'm not no I'm not that's ridiculous I'm not wearing too much cologne and I was like I mean I'm telling you (laughs) that I right now like I think you're wearing too much cologne he's like I'm not you're wrong and I don't know why you're criticizing me like this and I was like I'm like not actually criticizing you I'm like just kind of like Letting you know that me, your partner, who I would assume that clone is at least partially intended for, uh, I don't like it. So maybe don't. And he was like, it's not for you. And I was like. I'm getting that now. (laughs) Like
0: I am understanding that now. But you know what? Who is it for? And do they know it's for them? And have you asked them what they think? And
1: is it supposed to be too much? (laughs) Is this a dominance thing? Because other people would tell me like one time uh, a friend of ours was like, you got to talk to him about how much cologne he wears. It is horrible. And it was another man. And I was like, maybe if you tell him, (laughs) he'll listen because I've tried. And he just like gets very mad at me. And nope, he was just like, fuck you. I wear the right amount of cologne. And I was like, how interesting to never take notes. Like, how, how many notes have you taken on your body from strangers? I mean, if anybody one
0: time had told me I was wearing too much perfume, I would just never wear perfume yeah, again.
1: never, ever, ever, ever.
0: <laughs> yeah. But my association. Somebody told with- me in eighth grade <laughs> that I look like an
1: ostrich when I wear v-necks. I've never <laughs> worn another v-neck, not a single one. I don't even know what that means. I don't know if it was a posture critique, a neck situation. Uh, I don't know. But I've literally, I've never worn another V-neck ever, ever, ever. So, yeah, I take notes. Yeah, for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Stop doing your tracks with that one. You were like. Well, it's true. I've never worn. I mean, this is more of a, like, the entirety of society tells you this. But my mom was always up on like the rules of fashion you know like no white jeans after Labor Day not like I was fucking wearing white jeans anyway You're but, no Calvin, but no <laughs> uh, I never wear horizontal stripes and there's yeah. well you were not larger no, you weren't is, chubby this,
1: this is like when I bought this I got it at Target I thought it was really cute and this is like the first time I've worn it because every time I put it on I have this like Image of myself that I look like an actual they, they, square. Like
0: all I see is the uh, the like back page of Glamour magazine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where vertical sh- stripes are more flattering, right? <laughs> and I just see that in my mind. And you know the terrible thing is that I love stripes. I love a pattern. I love a stripe. I love a polka dot. There are uh, out of the striped clothes, two percent of them are vertical stripes. Yeah. Ninety eight percent of them are horizontal. Also, and now, like now if you I are did- a Breton stripe a uh, shirt so cute blue and white slightly sailor you know like yeah boat neckline so cute you would look amazing in that never would ever wear it not in a million years because I want I- that for you <laughs> I want you to be in a well, boat neck striped shirt you would look amazing I was told that like you know age 11 that yeah. horizontal stripes would just make me look whiter so which is funny
1: because I I feel like vertical stripes are so much less flattering on everyone pretty much all the time. Whereas like horizontal I, stripes- I have
0: one striped item. Well, sometimes you can. I can get away with like, I do like a diagonal stripe. Yeah. Can be really cool. Or like a mixed stripe. That actually makes you
1: invisible. Did you know that? A diag- <laughs> Nobody can see your body at all. You're just a head floating. And that's what men prefer, I hear. So, so glamour said when I was 17,
0: have you tried being just a head? <laughs> With no mouth, obviously. Yeah, but make sure you've, like, worked on your makeup and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, smoky eye or bright lip, but not both.
1: Oh, my God. I've (laughs) been watching a bunch of 90s TV because uh, I'm Star Trek. That's what I've been watching. I've been watching uh, DS9 and uh, Enterprise, which I'm a big Star Trek fan, and I love TNG, and I love the original, and I hadn't watched either Enterprise or DS9 uh, since they came out. DS9 is like early, late 90s. Enterprise is around 2000. And um, it's it's been weirdly vindicating because I'm like, no kidding, I'm a mess. Of course I am a mess about my body because like the female characters are sexualized in this constant and like astounding way where like literally in the episode yesterday, the like one, the female character that I was I was watching this episode, they fall and she smashes her boob in, <laughs> boobs into her face for like a good 30 seconds. <laughs> she's a Vulcan character and on Enterprise and she's just like smashed. I was just like, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> and she's just fully smashing her boobs into his face a character that they've proven to be basically asexual vulcan males uh mate once every seven years jocelyn i know you know this already <laughs> but like she's essentially an asexual character that they constantly sexualize and right after that the episode right after that she gets mind raped and i'm like why why can't you just let a woman be on tv without having her story be like immediately like well obviously we're gonna have her be raped um <laughs> I mean obviously That's within At well, least I mean, five episodes Well that's the reality
0: of it Like if you have a female If you have a character If you have a woman yeah. She's gonna be raped And how are you gonna Further her story Without yeah. a rape of some yeah. kind
1: How are you gonna make her Interesting to the male view Without doing something Where she's Like the episode before that In literal like Sexy bondage uh, Really intricate Sexy bondage Then she rubs her boobs All over the captain's face Then she gets mind raped And you're just like Wow Wow So interesting And the other female character Never gets sexualized it's so strange to me and like all of that like and also so DS9 doesn't do as many overt things like that but it does a whole lot of the um the character the female character who is technically 300 years old is like what should we do she has eight (laughs) exobiology degrees and has like created entire fields of study anything anything anytime anything happens she's like where's a man (laughs) (laughs) what are we doing and they're like let me explain to you what we're gonna do and she's like thank god you're here thank god and it's wild to watch the just and that's the kind of stuff when i was 19 i was raised by all these strong women and it's wild to me how long i spent in my own internalized misogyny because I was raised by a bunch of lesbians and really strong women and then basically sunk into like just the the world of men for so many years, even pre-comedy and, you know, was just like, you know, fucked up on my own internalized misogyny for so many years. And it's funny, I like I've been beating myself up about that. But then like just watching like basic TV, not even cable, you just get so inundated with like women are stupid. And I remember at 19 calling that out, watching that with friends and being like, I mean, that kind of fucking sucks. Right. Like, just oh, I wouldn't have noticed
0: any of it. I, it would have all made perfect sense to me. And I mean, I've just been shocked going back and watching things that I had really admired or, you know, were my favorite things. And then, and then you look back and you're like, wow, the women characters are sh- so shoddy. Yeah. And, yeah, and like sexualized and, and stupid or, you know, or just minor, just minor, minor people, like no sophistication, yeah. no nuance. And you're just like, like Ocean's wow. 11. We
1: watched Ocean's 11 with the kids, and Henry was like, is there no women in this? And I was like, well, Julia Roberts is in it <laughs> a little bit. And then you're like, yeah, you guys really just made a movie with no women and you just were like, this is so fun. I love yeah, it. Yeah,
0: well, and that's the point of that movie, but also uh there's plenty of movies yeah. that that's not the point of the movie and it's still the same thing. Still the same. Still the
1: same bro fest. I know, and I think I think I I had a phase when I was before I got married where I was really strong and i was like a really feminist person and i was really like i would argue with people with that and like men would shout you down and i remember being at a party and being shouted down by like 15 dudes uh oh because i said this is another thing i i happened to see a clip of the other day that was just like astounding i at a party once when i was probably i don't know 20 i made the comment that the man show was sexist was sexist and uh I got yelled at by all these men at this party I think I was one of like i may be the only woman there or one of two women there and they were so mad that I would suggest that the man show was sexist and they were like just like just could not I was like it is sexist
0: like the girls on trampoline like oh they can't like beautiful women without being sexist maxim like, magazine do you remember oh, maxim magazine? magazine that was like the pinnacle of cool young hip things and i mean it, i got maxim magazine oh you had to
1: because if you criticized it at all you weren't fun you weren't one of the fun girls you had to be one of the fun girls who liked all the things guys liked even though they were all trash and this clip i saw the other day of the man show i don't i don't know that i like i think i watched it on and off um you know because it was on comedy central and you'd see it on and i i think i remember at the time just kind of being like having an icky feeling and not really knowing exactly why but And I think in my my head, I was like, yeah, that show was like sexist because they had like the juggies and stuff. But it was like, whatever. Literally on the show, this clip they showed, they're like, we hate women. (laughs) Like we hate women. And it was just so wild how like it had a bunch of clips of stuff that I was like, in what way did I ever think that this was satire? Like it's just straight up act, just blatant misogyny that we were expected to join in on and be a part of and laugh at and... You know, and wear a bikini for <laughs> and wear a bikini for and uh, God, it's just it kind of it, and consuming some of this older media. I've just been like forgiving, forgiving myself for for who I was for so long, you know, which was still somebody who thought they were really feminist and strong, but totally ate all, you know, lived in that world and was a part of that and was like, yeah, those feminists. I mean, I never was that bad, but still it sucks. It sucks. And the man show, the wild thing, too, is like Corolla still sucks. Corolla still a total piece of shit and is completely sexist garbage. And, uh, you know, like, but Kimmel kind of got off scot-free. I forgot he was on that show even. Like, Rogan hosted it for a while. He's still trash. But, like, I had completely forgotten that Kimmel was on that show and watching it. He was like, we don't like... Uh, we don't like feminists. We don't like blah, blah, blah. If you're that kind of woman, look, they had a machine where they could turn ugly fat feminists into uh, juggies. And then she came out and she was like, I'm not mad at men anymore. Like once she was cute or whatever. And I was like, why are we letting chemical get away with this? Shouldn't we put him in a box somewhere? And uh, all three of them, but Rogan has a massive Yeah, Why don't we just give him a
0: hundred million dollar contract to spout.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm, I... I feel like I can't believe I'm just now saying this because I feel like I still have been so accommodating of sexism of bigotry in my life, uh, specifically sexism. I think because other things, homophobia, racism, you know, anti people being anti semitic, I feel like I can immediately much easier call out and be like, "No, that's wrong." But sexism always still has this like because it's directed at you and specifically I think with sexism when you try to call it out you so are immediately labeled like I don't know I, I guess you I bought into being oh see I can't my brain is like I'm do I do the math we're almost there but it's like yeah I bought into it for so long on some level that I didn't even understand of getting along with men especially in an industry that is mostly men has required me to play ball. And even if internally I was like, no, this sucks. I think.
0: Well, and honestly, like I still participate in it. The, the work culture that we live in, there's just still tons of things that, um, women are expected to do, like take notes during the meeting that, we would never ask our male coworkers to do yeah I mean there's just like l- microaggressions all the time I mean I was told within the last five years um by a male superior um in my field that there is no sexism in our field oh that's nice. and I was just like I'm sitting here in like a professional setting with my peers and we all are highly educated like you know fairly along in uh our our lives and there's a man <laughs> telling me there's no sexism and I'm just like you know in sort of an alternative like progressive field yeah so it's that's and, that's... and then and like I just nodded yeah <laughs> yeah you know I didn't because you can't really push back like there I would have lost my job so many times yeah if I pushed back on that kind of stuff and at some point you got you have to be like well I have to work too like yeah me losing my job isn't like that doesn't mean that it goes away but I I'm guilty of participating in it and of not saying things I mean You know, just even being around my mom, and she's just such a misogynist (laughs) and incredible. And I'm like, okay, is today the day that I fight her on it? Or is today the day I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, you just like, how many times do you have to stand up for it? I mean, you're supposed to. I know, I get it, but I don't. I think, I
1: think that's what COVID has finally made me realize about my career, which is very different, obviously. Um, because the level of independence I get to have allows me to do, uh, you know, a lot more than like with like a government job or a corporate job or whatever. But, um, I kind of realized that like, I can, I, I don't have to allow any of that, you know, like I don't have to like, I mean, like there's a club in New Jersey. I've worked a number of times and the owner sucks dick and I hate him and he just constantly makes all these sexist remarks to me and I've always you know I want to work that club again so I'm always kind of like "Ah, yeah and he's like who's home with your kids you know just not not just like little things but big things too he said to me and I'm always just had to been kind of like "Ah, now I'm like I don't ever want to work that club again fuck that club I don't I've turns out I can make a living without working any of those places if that place is still in business but like I don't I don't ever even need to go back to uh new jersey no offense to new jersey i don't have any problem with it like a lot of people but like turns out i can make a living without ever doing that club and i think there was always such a scarcity mentality with comics before of like you have to work every club that books you you have to you know you have to work so hard to get to the point of headlining especially as a woman that you kind of end up taking any gig you can and i always felt like i was a little better Not I don't want to compare myself to other women because we all have different strategies, but I always felt like I did a pretty good job in my own heart of not working with people I thought were terrible, not um not going to places I thought were terrible. But it turns out my bar for terrible has changed. You know, like now I'm like not only am I not working with this sexual abuser I'm not working with any of his friends you know I'm not working with any of the people who enabled him and I know a lot of women are like oh you'll miss out on so many opportunities but like I don't want those opportunities you take them you if you feel like what furthers women in comedy is you taking those things absolutely do those gigs get that money I don't care but for me like number one I don't think I have the patience or the capacity to work those kind of gigs anymore and also I would be fired immediately because I would just be like wow you're and I think before I always felt like you had to have this big argument to to approach a man like your boss being like there's no sexism in this you know I feel like I, I always felt like you had to be like a women's studies scholar to like back it all up with facts and experience and even this like Ban on abortion thing has made me realize all these women coming out being like, "This is my experience with abortion." I'm like, and I'm sharing my traumatic thing, and I'm trying to trying to like get men to empathize and care. And I'm like, they do not care. They do not care. It does not matter how much you drag yourself over broken glass right. and share your story. At the end of the day, does not affect them. They do not give a fuck. Right. Your PowerPoint will not. <laughs> it does not matter how eloquent you are. Mm. And I've started to realize that about calling at men like uh, your boss out, like when there's like okay uh, just for
0: the record that wasn't my boss but it was a man oh, who sorry. was in a yeah, superior so, position yeah, I didn't get you fired <laughs> anyway we're just trying to get Jocelyn fired today um, no but it was but, man, but it was somebody who was in a power position yeah a
1: power position uh, beyond
0: what I was and so and I it, didn't I feel, feel like, like before
1: I would have had if I wanted to argue with them I would have been like I have to be so eloquent and so smart and now I would just be like yes there is and refuse to nope yes there is and if they were like prove it I'd be like no I don't have to prove it. You're wrong. And I'm not, I'm not going to get any deeper into that. Like now when I see when somebody sends me something, I'll just I'll reply back to that DM sexism, you know? And they're like, what sexism? What do you mean? Blah, blah, blah. And I just never explain it. Like, if you want to go and do your research, you're welcome to. I don't actually owe you any, you're, it doesn't matter. You are not going to explain. It's like this whole abortion ban shows that all these men who like, we have, this is the beginning of a cascade of losses for reproductive rights. Idaho, South Carolina, all these states that have these in the barrel, ready, yep. are gonna be. Uh, they're thrilled. Everybody is on the the far right is so excited with what happened in Texas. Not only that, the language of that bill is terrifying because it deputizes uh, anybody, anybody, any private citizen to sue anyone, uh, an Uber driver anyone they think is connected to an abortion and that's not going to end up just being abortion. That's going to end up getting extended to gay marriage. It's going to get extended to uh, a ton of different things, you know? And like this, that to me is one of the scariest things that's happened this year is seeing that bill worded in that way where like Mm -hmm. we're deputizing extremely heavily armed far right militia members who with a ton of time on their hands and nothing but vindictiveness And, uh, I, I don't know. I just feel like, uh, we have spent so long being like, I have spent so many years as an abortion activist being like telling my story and as a sexual assault activist, like telling my story, you know, trying so hard to get men to join the fight. They're not coming. They are not coming. And, you know, I think, it's, it also is, has been invigorating for me in other ways where I'm like, if this is how men are showing up to this fight for not just women, obviously plenty of uh, non-binary and trans people get uh, abortions as well. But not, if this is how cis and straight men are showing up to this fight, then... How am I not showing up for Black Lives Matters in the same annoying way? You know what I mean? Like, how am I not listening enough? How am I being like, sounds rough, you know, and then just moving on with my day because it it sucks. And I hope white women can feel this oppression and and feel how shitty it is and realize that it's uh, f- 100 times worse for black women and for women of color and that, like, this will primarily affect them in in poor communities ah the whole thing that whole thing is just or you
0: could make a gratitude list
1: or I could make a gratitude <laughs> list you know what or I could just be like I'm so grateful that my partner has a vasectomy and this affects me in no way and um I'm never <laughs> fucking another straight man again anyway so even if he died it wouldn't even matter um oh, yeah man. I know god what a week
0: <sighs> what a week <sighs> what a life yeah yeah
1: well I hope this has been therapy for you a little bit
0: it has and uh we're just a couple blocks away from the post office So I'm just gonna swing by swing there by, on my way home your, TGIF get your get your feelings <laughs> maybe I'll buy some stamps Ooh,
1: <laughs> literally I have 40 sheets of stamps because every time she's like do you need stamps I'm like sure yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah they
0: upsold me on the stamps not this time but the time before and did not need stamps yeah and yet it was it was like such a like wonderful experience and I felt so great I was like yeah, yeah. I'm actually gonna respond to the upselling yeah I, I'm gonna do that for you I hope you have a quota that you have to sell a certain amount of stamps hope you're getting points for hope this you getting it
1: <laughs> you at least send letters and and cards and things I just have a drawer full of stamps because <laughs> I don't I haven't mailed anything since 1998 <laughs> other than packages so you at least are a letter writer
0: yeah well I don't depending. have nice handwriting. <laughs>
1: That's why. She's never said nice handwriting to me. She's always like a nine this or a seven. Yeah. <laughs> I also get a lot of returned packages for that reason because I do have like it tends to be kind of like busied. i am I'm I'm very impatient, so my handwriting reflects that. So yeah.
0: I think that it would be really fun. I've always wanted to get my handwriting um you know how they what is it called? They read your handwriting or they Oh yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, I don't know what it's called, but they like do an assessment of your yeah.
0: personality. Yeah. Yeah. Based on your handwriting. Yeah. I'm like, I think my handwriting says that I'm very confident and beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. But, it says, which isn't true. So stylish? what does it actually say?
1: I think I, if I was to read your handwriting, just like I didn't know you and I just saw it, I would be like, this person is stylish. I can picture how cute their house is right now. Uh, they they dress amazing all the time they make a crazy good salsa like I would just assume your handwriting to me says this is a details person this person cares about the details mine says this person's laundry bit has been in their washer for two weeks (laughs) and and not with one wash Uh, four or five washes they keep going down and be like oh motherfucker rewash that that's what my handwriting I think says Actually, I have gotten the note from people that my handwriting drastically, I don't know if it's a DID thing or uh, I don't know exactly what, but my handwriting does, like if you were to look through my journal, it changes
0: drastically day to day. Really? Yeah. Like uh, the, un- the sign of an uneven mind. Yeah, <laughs> Yep. That's what they say about Emma <laughs> Arnold for sure. <laughs> yeah. I had like a a book one time that had just a little like it had a few little samples of you know what certain handwriting could be what could it mean and there was one that was I the way I described it's kind of spidery like really sort of light like not pressing very hard sort of cramped um it sort of looks kind of antique or whatever which is my grandma's handwriting Mm -hmm. and it said this person is very secretive ooh, and i find that fascinating that your handwriting could reveal that you're secretive
1: mine i think um when i was like does mine say liar no 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 (laughs) um because it should (laughs) yours yours doesn't say liar but it it does say uh (laughs) keeps her own counsel (laughs) You, you know like like you said, you're you're more likely to be like... You
0: should question that compliment that yeah. she just gave you.
1: <laughs> when I was in elementary school, nobody would let me use their markers or crayons because I was in the class known as a hard colorer. <laughs> and I do even still, I go when I color or like when I'm with doing art stuff, if I'm using crayons or markers or anything like that, I go through one a session. Like I'm a hard colorer. That's Emma Arnold, hard colorer. Did um, I? so pencils too i'm a hard like i i'm push i push into that paper pen like you you get three piece, pieces i would of paper have
0: my- never let you use my crown no 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 you would not i wouldn't let you use them now i was that's fair i was the child who i was i had a coloring book but i would put a piece of tracing paper over the picture that i wanted to color trace it and color that so that I did not defile my coloring book and also I could then do the same one to get it perfect several times before
1: you before you committed to the book (laughs) you wanted to get the
0: exact and one time my mom let my brother color in my coloring book and he was like three years old and I was maybe six and I was livid I mean I had like a full-on crying fit that's hilarious it's I amaz- think I still have that coloring book, and I could turn to that page right now and, and
1: find it and just yeah. seethe. Mm-hmm. Um, that is that is amazing that we're friends because I feel <laughs> like yeah, I well so, there just isn't
0: that many coloring incidents that come it up come now. Up. <laughs> it hasn't come up yet, but it is funny because I
1: because I, when I was a kid and I, this sounds like such a boohoo sob story, but it's totally true. When I was a kid, we never got uh, brand new art supplies. My parents had five kids and uh we were pretty broke and they would always my mom would just go to savers or wherever and she would just buy a bunch of art supplies and then you kind of had to pick through this giant bag of like you had to like make your own crayon set you know out of stuff so I always had crayons that were like already broken and gross so I never had like a new crayon set to be fussy over and uh that's actually
0: um child abuse it's it's (laughs) it.
1: Feels like it. Honestly, it felt like it at the time, and it's it's funny because like even today, if I go buy myself a brand new thing of markers, it does feel like it feels so exciting to me. Like I feel so like I love to go to the art store and just like buy brand new paint and stuff because it does feel like this like like self care. That is like my big thing. Is that if I'm really really bummed out, I'll go and buy myself like two new things of paint brand new brand new because we never got new stuff like that when i was a kid ever and um but yeah people would not let me use their markers because i would just be like which is maybe why my mom never got no she was just cheap she was just very cheap but
0: yeah no i would get as a gift for like christmas or my birthday you know the 96 set or oof, the 72 set, set. Oof, or the 64 oof. set or and then we had this neighbor that we would sometimes go over to their house. And it was an, like a quite elderly couple. I think they were probably like in their 80s or whatever. And every single time you went over there, they would give you a brand new package. It was just a 24, but still a brand new, never a touched, never opened. gift to have at your house. And a coloring pad that was, they gave you the same one every time. It had a how to draw Mickey Mouse oh, cute. on the front. And I would just like die to go over there. Also, a very small jelly jar glass of Dr Pepper.
1: Oh my God! I can't. That makes me. I, that's what I'm gonna do. Oh, that that's so cute! I can't wait
0: to do that. Yeah, I thought of doing that the other day because so I was like trying to figure out what to send my five-year-old nephew. I'm like, what is a five-year-old? I've I have eventually decided on the barrel of monkeys, but um, I want so bad to. Provide that for a child, but I think so many kids would like just. I mean, I, I don't think I don't any think of this, my nieces and nephews would give a rat's ass. I don't think they would appreciate it. Like my kids, have they'd be gotten, like, "Can I play with your phone?"
1: Yeah, they would. They're not into crayons. Like my kids, they got brand new art supplies every year because that was kind of a thing for me after I had kids. Was like, I'm going to always get brand new art supplies, and they're always going to get brand new stuff, and. um, I mean, when they were little, they definitely appreciated. And actually this year, because they had been out of school for a year, Arthur was so adorably fastidious about putting together his Trapper Keeper. And he even made me buy the stuff on the list that I'm like, you don't need a glue stick. You're in eighth grade. You're not yeah. going to ever. And he was like, get me a glue stick. I was like, OK, all right. So like, I guess like maybe that has been changing. But like, especially once I started to buy stuff for my own kids and I was like, you mean, to, you mean to tell me crayons are $1.84 and we never got new crayons? <laughs> like these
0: were out of our reach. No, they were crayons. like 96 cents. Yeah. Like crayons are still under $5. They're very cheap. And yeah.
1: I, I was like, you. I feel like you probably could have gotten us new crayons. Like how much were you saving at the used store? How many crayons were you getting? I, she would get a big bag, I guess, for $1.99 for five kids. I guess it adds up. But now I'm like, yeah, I love, I love to get new art supplies. I don't think kids care now. None of my kids were colorers either, which kind of broke my heart because I remember when Calvin and Henry were little, like setting them up with crayons and paper and Calvin never had the patience for that stuff. He couldn't sit down that long. He would just get up and walk around the table and Henry would just be like, what do you want me to do here? And I'd be like, you color it. And he's like, and how much do I get paid for that? (laughs) And I'd be like, no, no, it's like for fun. No, I'm not doing this. This is. Pointless. Yeah, Body's busy
0: work Bodhi I, I have an entire cupboard I, I have every possible art art and craft supply that you could ever need I have a cupboard and I have a closet full of that shit and anytime Bodhi comes home and has to make some thing which he never wants to do never wants to use any creativity to do it I'm like here's what we could use here's what we could do and I have all of it I'm never getting rid of it. Like whatever you need. Like he had to make a diorama. I was like, we have these beads you can use and this ribbon you can use. And why all kinds of wires and clay and, you know, 1500 different kinds of markers and pencils and crayons and yeah. Chalks. I have a whole thing of different chalks. I have, I have the same thing. We have uh, a whole
1: art, like one of those eight by eight cube things with like little drawers and it has every single thing is packed with a whole bunch of stuff and then Calvin will be like I have to make a poster for English and I'm like okay and I set him up with everything and then I come down and with a pen he's put on a poster board like the title
0: and that's it and I'm like no let's make a diorama (laughs) you know like Buddy came home and he's like I have to make a uh, crest or a shield that represents who I am. And I'm like, amazing. Let's, let's do, do this. It. I have like so
1: all fun. these things. That's that- what we should do instead of gratitude list. <laughs> let's make crests. <laughs> I want to you. Well, shield. I do,
0: I do want to do with you um, at the beginning of the new year. I want to make a, like a vision board kind you of a do thing. vision boards? Yeah.
1: People have been trying to get me to do
0: vision boards forever. I'll do I'll well, do one with you. Let's, do, let's with you. do it though with like some specific constraints, not just like rando. Like let's yeah. come up with a way that it's not just you know, vision board. We should do
1: that as an episode. We'll make them and then, and then we'll share them. And, and uh, I'm interested to see, I'm interested to see yours. Now
0: Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, what would be on it? Snowmobile? What? A snowmobile? (laughs) Well, that's what Bodhi put on his. And I was just like, why is it always a fucking snowmobile? I do not. What is my snowmobile?
1: What's my Alex's snowmobile? Alex says people. Alex says people are uh, snowmobiles and snowmobile people. In fact, his uncle Jeff, who I really love, uh, he was on. This is big. He was on an. He was mentioned on an episode of Judge Judy. Who as? So who's this hotshot snowmobiler Jeff? <laughs> That's <laughs> his claim to fame. Was he was mentioned in the lawsuit? I would have that on my phone. Oh, me too. I'd have a shirt that said it. <laughs> With Judge Judy, Uh, so funny. So Judge Judy said that, and that's his claim to fame. But they're snowmobile people, and they've taken me out. And I'm always like, I like nature because it's quiet and still. And I get, like, a snowmobile gets you places that you necessarily wouldn't want to snowshoe out to. But, like, they like to take him out and, like, you know, do all these crazy things. He broke his femur so bad Mm -hmm. that, like, they couldn't even go and get him for a while. He was, like, stranded out there. I'm. I just. I'm like. I don't get this. I don't understand any of this. No. Like,
0: there's two different kinds of people, and I am one. And my son Bodie is the yeah, entire opposite. There's of us, that. and
1: then there's snowmobile people. Yeah. There, but so. whenever
0: he makes like, because he's in junior high, so they or high school, so they always have to make these things like who they are, and his is always like cats and snowmobiles. And every time I look at it, I am like. I can help you with yours because you're cats and snowmobiles guy. Yeah. But what would I be? I don't know. I don't know either. Horizontal stripes. Literally the only (laughs) thing that sounded appealing to me
1: in the last year and a half was when you said jelly jar full of Dr. Pepper. I was like, hey, hang on. Hang on. That's the, you'll, we'll show up with vision boards. That'll be the only thing on mine. I'll be like, that's the only, I don't know. It sounds amazing. Some new crayons and a jelly jar full of Dr. Pepper and I'm set. That's all I'm looking for in 2022. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I haven't. uh, I've never been a vision board person. I've gotten in arguments with comedians before because a lot of comedians will get together and do those. And I've always been like, "Uh, I don't want anything. And they're like, no, no, no. You have to want something. You have to put put your energy out so the universe knows what to give you. And I've always been like, I don't think that's how it works. I don't think like
0: mine would just be money. Just like yeah money money <laughs> just how money, much is money money <laughs> here's yeah. my vision board money i'm like i don't know i've always been maybe because it's I money have, that i don't have to work for
1: yeah oh for sure yeah <laughs> but that's the problem that seems to be with money is the people <laughs> i know with money are like i work 80 hours a really week and all really
0: really those are the people you know with oh, well, money? Okay, okay that's the exact opposite that's true the people that's that true. i know that are like doing so much less than i am have so much more money
1: yeah i know both
0: i, I definitely work harder and not smarter Fam- i
1: know family money and then I know, uh, like over, over overpaid,
0: worker. overpaid and under Can you educated. Tell, I have to pee so bad. Can okay, you tell we, a story? Yeah, we just have to, or should we just take a break? Do you want to tell <laughs> a story? Well, I, how many, we've been going almost two hours. Oh, okay. Should well, we we, we just should just be done. Wrap yeah. it up. An hour and a half. Yeah, we're good. I have to pee so bad, but
1: that's how we end every podcast <laughs> is me being like, I have to pee. I have to go. You want to keep going? I have to go. Um, do you have anything to plug? I don't know why I asked you that. <laughs>
0: other than you because <laughs> you have to oh, pee I have to pee <laughs> yeah um I, I have, oh I have 80 no 75,000 words on my novel yes yeah Jocelyn yeah that's amazing it's like actually I have like three or four scenes to write and it will be I will have told the story that's I mean it'll need a incredible. year of editing but
1: but congratulations though that's yeah amazing. it feels like a major and how, accomplishment. how many did you set out to write a day? or a week or whatever.
0: So I set out to write 10,000 words a month.
1: That is so doable. And and you've s- done it.
0: It's not doable. It's so fucking hard. It's hideously hard. It has been That's, excruciating. Yeah. Every second, every word. But But you you've, you've but I've, done it. I've almost done it.
1: See, this is where I lose interest in starting a new project. <laughs> I'm like this is done. I'm bored. And then I yeah. said something no, else. I'm like no, I'm like 85% you, done. You're going to nice handwriting the fuck out and of Dave's anything. like, so what's the plan after that? I'm
0: like, let me accomplish this part of the plan.
1: Let me finish it. Then you sit on it. Then you can edit it. But congratulations. Thanks. That's a big plug. Yeah. Um, what's I uh, I didn't do that. I haven't written in so long. I just haven't wanted to. I haven't felt it. I've been like. I really need to post this to the Patreon, this essay I've been working on for a month. Uh, I don't know. But that makes me feel inspired. To hear about somebody actually finishing something does sound I, Yeah, it's
0: not Sounds writing good. for everybody. And it hasn't been writing for me. I mean, I'm 44. And yeah. this is the first time that I've ever seen a project through that was this intense.
1: Well, I have, uh, we're supposed to have a show with Dave Ross on September 19th. Um, I'm, it's supposed to be in uh, the yard and I'm limiting it to 20 to 25 people masked, fully vaxxed. Even still, I feel kind of, I feel, it feels stupid to be like, considering canceling that show when like the Western Idaho fair just happened when tree Ford is still happening and they're not even, they say they're requiring vaccinations, but on their website it says, or a negative test within 48 hours. I'm like, Oh, so you're not requiring vaccinations and they and not masks either. Like some they're letting venue by venue choose. So I don't know. It seems stupid to be anxious about 25 people outside fully masked and fully vaccinated, but also like, uh i am nervous about it i am i do feel like it's the time to be canceling things um dave is on tour he's already coming through so i wouldn't want to fuck him out of the money i considered just being like here's a bunch of money don't come please but um i think we're gonna do it because i do need to practice my album one more time and then i have to figure out how the fuck i'm gonna record it in october safely and i'm not sure what to do. I might just have to go somewhere where their vaccination rates are better and just record it there because I don't want to put anybody in danger to hear my stupid dumb jokes. Um, But we'll see. So that's what we're doing. So if you are in Boise and you want to come to the fully vaxxed, fully masked show, um, I do have some spots left. I haven't booked it. I'm kind of handpicking people at this point, but uh, if you're like, yes, 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 I want to go to that. um, Hit me up on whatever. And I will, I will fit you in if I, if I look at you and I'm all these guys are going to be careful mm-hmm. <laughs> uh yeah, otherwise totally legit. I don't know how to stop the stream so I guess we <laughs> are just you walk. actually just
0: peeing right now I'm just peeing yeah. I'm just gonna
1: pee the next part of the stream yeah. is okay just gonna we'll be, love you bye oh it says stop streaming okay well we love you bye thanks for cu- coming to a cu- couple of skates